Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the fifth Sunday in the Lenten season. Our order of service will begin with the service of the word, looking at page 38 in the front of our hymnals. Let's open right now with hymn number 120, What Wondrous Love Is This? disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you 
and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins by the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. chapter 37 verses 1 to 14. This reading gets us to see the work of the Holy Spirit, how he takes, well, the picture here is dry bones and puts life into them, getting us to think about how the Holy Spirit working through word and sacrament makes us who were spiritually dead to be spiritually alive. Ezekiel wrote, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. 
They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Alleluia. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Alleluia. continuation of last week's epistle reading where Paul talked about how there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus but then when he says there's no condemnation for us he also encourages us to remember that now what we want to do is live by the spirit and that means to fight against the sin that would be in our lives. Paul wrote, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of Sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation 
for the sons of God to be revealed. Let's continue now with our next hymn, hymn 167, well, an Easter hymn, Jesus Christ, my sure defense. Consider this fifth Sunday in the Lenten season is our gospel reading. It's from John chapter 11, verses 17 to 27 and 38 to 45. Actually, these are the same, some of the same verses that I used for my midweek Lenten service, for my Ash Wednesday service. Thought about 
using a different text, but this was the one that came up and there's so much comforting words in this reading that I decided to, to continue looking at these verses some more. But the Apostle John wrote, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, put their faith in him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the words of our words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow believers in the Christ, the Son of God, in his book. The best is yet to be. Henry Turbinville, he wrote about this elderly lady who lived in Scotland who really wanted to visit Edinburgh, which is the capital of Scotland. She really wanted to visit that, that city, the capital of Scotland, but 
She knew that the only way she'd be able to get there was to take a train, and that train went through this long tunnel. And for whatever reason, she was absolutely scared to death of this idea of going through this long tunnel, well, going through a tunnel with the mountain or hills above it. Anyway, she was scared to death about that. But then what happened is that there were some troublesome circumstances in her life that made it necessary for her to take that train and to go to Edinburgh. And here she was, she boarded the train, she's thinking about this, she's worried about it, she's fretting about it, and she is just working herself into an absolute tizzy as she's thinking about going through that tunnel. And, and as she's approaching that, in her mind's dangerous tunnel, what happened is that she had been fretting so much, so worried, that she just kind of fell asleep because she had tired herself out so much. And as a result, she woke up and there she was in Edinburgh and, and the tunnel, she didn't even remember going through it. And now concerning this story, Henry Turbinville commented, it is even so with the dying believer he closes his eyes on earth, passes into what he thinks of as the tunnel of death, and opens them immediately in the celestial land. We're all tempted to be afraid of death and dying, and oh, Satan wants us to just be filled with worry and fear as we think about that whole subject of death and dying. Worry and fear as we face life's trials and troubles in general. But the point of this story and the lesson that we're looking at in our reading for today is that as believing children of God, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to worry about death. We don't have to worry about any of the problems or troubles that we face in this life when we trust in Jesus, our Savior. So let's ask ourselves the question that Jesus asked of Martha in our, in our reading for today. Do we believe in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life? Do we believe in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life? And we'll see that, you know, when we believe in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, well then, we don't have to worry, we don't have to fear anything, when by God's grace we have faith for this life and when we also have faith for the life to come. Oh, about three and a half months before his crucifixion, Lazarus became deathly ill, as is reported in our reading. And well, the sisters, his sisters, Mary and Martha, along with Lazarus, they were all very good friends of Jesus. And, so when Lazarus was deathly ill, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. They said to him, 
Lord, the one you love is sick. Their message, it was a simple, but yet beautiful faith showing prayer to Jesus in which they just simply told him what troubled him and what troubled them and then they trusted in him to take care of the situation. Well, Jesus sent this message back to them. It says this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Well, through these words, Jesus wasn't saying that Lazarus wouldn't die. He's saying that the end result, the final outcome of this whole situation would not be death. And so when you look at Jesus' words here, it was a veiled message, kind of a hidden message in which they could kind of say, I wonder what exactly this does mean. But yet it was a veiled message that did offer that promise of the miracle that Jesus did end up performing. It was a promise, if you look at it, that Jesus wanted his disciples and each of us to notice, to catch on to, so that they and we might readily perceive the divine purpose that Jesus had for doing everything that he did at this particular time with dealing with Lazarus and his grave illness. But then Jesus stayed where he was for two more days before heading to Bethany. That had to confuse the disciples. But now why was that? Well, Jesus knew that Jesus knew that he knew what was best for Lazarus and for the two sisters and, well, for the disciples and everyone else as well. And now it would have brought glory to God if Jesus would have gone immediately there before Lazarus died, if he would have healed Lazarus so that he would have continued to live. That would have brought glory to God. But has it actually happened where Lazarus died and he was in the grave for those days? Well, that brought even more glory to God because of that greater miracle. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, it says he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And because of that, what had happened is that many people had learned about the death of Lazarus and many people had come out to mourn with Mary and Martha the loss of their brother. So there was quite a crowd there and well, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him and she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When you hear those words, she almost seems to be scolding Jesus with those words for not getting there sooner. But yet, if you look at her words, her words do also express her, her faith in Jesus for this life. 
She knew that Jesus had healing power. She said, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Most likely, Martha knew about plenty of Jesus' other miracles, like how he had raised Jairus' daughter back from the dead, how Jesus had raised that young man, the widow's son, from name back to life. Most likely, she knew about those miracles, and, well, she most likely also knew that therefore Jesus had the power to raise Lazarus back from the dead as well. But we can notice that she didn't place a demand in front of Jesus to raise her brother. Instead, what she did is she put the whole situation into his hands. And so seemingly she was saying, you do what you know is best. You do what you know needs to be done. Well, I said that she almost seemed to be scolding Jesus for taking so long to get to Bethany, but perhaps instead of scolding, perhaps what she was really doing is just expressing to Jesus the fact that she didn't understand what was exactly going on. She didn't understand why it was that he took so long in getting there. But it is clear that, well, she didn't understand certain things, but she still had a faith in Jesus for this present life. God had worked a faith in her heart which could say with the psalmist, Whom have I in heaven but you? And being with you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my, my portion forever. Martha's God-given, God-work faith Therefore, it's a faith that you can look at it and say it was definitely put in the right place because it was God work, God given faith that God put in God, into God. Our, our reading says though, Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. When our reading says here that Jesus was once more deeply moved. It's interesting that the Greek that's used in this section reveals that Jesus wasn't just simply troubled by the fact that Lazarus had died. He was definitely troubled by that. But he was filled with actually a righteous wrath because Satan and sin lead people that God created to live forever. What Satan and sin does is it takes people to the grave. And that's all because of sin and the effects of sin in the world. Well, Jesus, deeply troubled by that. When Jesus told them at the tomb, though, to open up the grave, to roll the stone away, we can understand, as you've heard me say, why Martha objected to that. 
Lazarus had been dead already for portions of four days. Four days. And because of that, well, he was decomposing. He was rotting. He was smelling terribly. The aroma from the tomb well, doesn't say anything about that, but it had to be absolutely terrible. But Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Uh, he's referring here to the message that he had sent back to Mary and Martha before when he had told them that this illness would not, as he said, end in death. See, Mary, Martha, and the disciples all could have known up front what was going to happen because Jesus had already told them. He said it's not going to end in death. So our reading then tells us that Jesus called out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And immediately, a completely healthy Lazarus emerged from the tomb. It's been said, there is something better than understanding God, and that's trusting God. And how true that statement really is, can we even begin to understand? Well, maybe we can grasp a little bit and understand little bits of God, but really when you get right down to it, we can't understand God certainly can't understand him fully. And the basic thing is, well, why, why would God send his one and only dearly loved son, never displeased him ever, why would he send that one and only dearly loved son to suffer and die, to be forsaken by God, to endure what he endured? Why would he send that son to do that for Sinners like you and me. For people who daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. We can't understand, we can't grasp why God would love sinners like us, but by the grace of God, we believe he does love us. By the grace of God, we know that he does love us. So Martha didn't understand why it was at this point in time why Jesus exactly did why he did, why he took so long in getting there to Bethany. But that doesn't mean that she was going to abandon him and her faith in Jesus. Instead, what she did here, she continued to look in faith to Jesus and likewise, there will be times in this life when we just can't understand. We can't understand why God allows, especially times of trouble and, and stress into our lives. Why does God allow sickness, disease, and death into our world? Well, why? We may wonder about that, but that's never the time for us to abandon our God. 
Never the time for us to forsake him and to say, I'm upset with God because of what he's done. That's just a time for us, despite our lack of understanding at times, to keep on looking in faith to our Savior for the help and the strength that we need to carry on. Because what has he said to us? He said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And the passage that we often refer to, so often refer to, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Those passages are passages when we don't understand God. Those are passages we just need to keep on focusing on. Never will he leave us. In all things, he's always working for our good. And now that Jesus, in this instance, could raise Lazarus from the dead and perform all the miracles that he did, what that does is it just encourages us all the more to have our faith, to focus our faith on Jesus for this life. He not only can but he does also promise and does take care of us. Oh, let's look again at the conversation that, that Jesus and Martha had when Jesus first came to Bethany before Lazarus was raised back to life. When Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, she replied, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now, if you think about it, that just tells us that Martha, she didn't just have faith in Jesus for this life. She had faith in Jesus for the life to come. She had faith in Jesus because she believed in the resurrection to eternal life through Jesus. She didn't know what all that entailed at this particular time, but by the grace of God, she believed it. She looked forward to the resurrection on the last day for Lazarus and for herself. At this point in time, what she was doing is she was mourning the loss of her lover and of her brother. She was mourning the loss of her brother and she was expecting that the two of them would be separated probably for some time, maybe a long time before they'd be reunited. In heaven, of course. But her mourning was not the mourning of a person who was despairing. It was the morning of a person who said, I know we're going to be reunited. I'm mourning now because of the temporary, perhaps long time separation that's going to exist. But she knew that there would be that reunion again. And now if you just think about this situation, that's how we as believing children of God can, can face death ourselves when we lose a loved one, when we ourselves would be called home to heaven. We can face that and say, well, maybe I'll be separated from the person who died. Maybe my death will separate me from them for a time. 
But it's only in time because we're going to be reunited through faith in the promises of God. And, and when we remember that promise that we have from God, that through faith in Christ, we believers will be reunited, that just encourages us to take advantage of opportunities to talk about our Savior to family, friends, to anyone we can so that they would share the hope that we have in Jesus, share the faith that we have for the life to come in Jesus. And, and furthermore, what we want to do is give our family and friends, our loved ones, the opportunity to talk about their faith, to express their faith, so that we'd have the opportunity to know that they have the hope that we have. Well, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus, of course, isn't saying here that believers don't have to die physically, but he is telling us that we won't ever die spiritually. When we die physically, what will happen, of course, is that our souls will be immediately taken to heaven. That's what the, what the scriptures tell us, that our souls will immediately enjoy the eternal joys of heaven. Our bodies, they're going to, if there's enough time, return to the dust of the ground. But on the last day, that's all going to change because on the last day, then Christ will raise our bodies and will glorify them to be like his glorified body, like his resurrection body. And, and it may sound strange for us to say it this way, but, but even though we may die, yet through faith in Christ, we won't really die. And that sounds like a contradiction, but you know, what that means through faith in Jesus, we'll only pass from this life to our eternal life. Well, think of that tunnel that I talked about, that lady having to go through in order to get through Edinburgh, to get to Edinburgh, Scotland. That's what death is for us, just passing on to our eternal home. Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? Her reply, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Martha often gets criticized because of another account, another incident that happened in her life, well, her life, Mary's life. Remember when Jesus came and, and he was teaching especially Mary at the home of Mary and Martha. And Martha, she was busy in the kitchen preparing things for Jesus' visit, preparing for the food. And of course, what Jesus did is Jesus said of Mary, that she had chosen the one thing that was needed, the one thing that was more necessary. And so 
Martha gets a little bit of criticism for that, but here in this incident, what happens is that in Martha, we see this beautiful example of how to live our faith in Christ. And that's by remembering, no matter what happens in this life, that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Through faith in him, believing in Jesus as the resurrection and the life, we can be sure of our own resurrection to eternal life. And we can, right now, really live and enjoy life right now as believing children of God. Roger Garcia was a teenager with an incurable cancer. But this Roger Garcia, he, he knew that his time in this life was short. And because of that, what he did is he just openly confessed his faith in Jesus. And because of his open confession in, of Jesus and the hope and the joy that he had in the Lord, well, his friends were so affected by his confession that one of his friends actually said, he talks like he's going to live forever. Do we believe in Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life? By God's grace, you and I do believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We believe like Roger Garcia and Martha, but what does that really mean? It means that we can talk and live right now, well, like Roger Garcia, well, like Martha too. Talk like we're gonna live forever, like we're not going to really die because we're not going to really die. And because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we can know that we can have that confidence because our God, he always loves us. And he's always going to take care of us in this life right now and in the life to come forever. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let's pray. Eternal God and Father, help us to remember Jesus who obeyed your will and bore the cross for our salvation, that through his anguish, pain, and death, we may receive forgiveness of sins and inherit eternal life. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our prayers, well, we continue, well, in our prayers, we think of all of those in our, our church family, our extended church family, dealing with different issues. Deb Spitzley continuing to have problems with, well, heart and blood hemoglobin issues and, and kidney issues. Well, Paula Burris, She's going to be having some bypass surgery, most likely to try to help with the circulation and infection in her legs. And, and she's been given kind of a three month window where something kind of needs to happen with her legs. And well, we keep praying for Mary Glassbrook recovering from knee replacement surgery, Jan Camp dealing with cancer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, as we think of everyone in our church family dealing with different issues, we, we keep saying, if it's according to your will, grant healing. But as we always say, please, more importantly, keep on building us up, all of us up in our faith in our Savior Jesus, giving us strength to no matter what, no matter what trials or troubles we may face, give us that strength to keep on believing that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and that because of that, we really are going to live forever. And we pray today because, well, last Sunday, Lisa Vanderlei's neighbor friend, Julie, was called to her eternal home. And we pray, Lord God, we thank you for the grace and mercy that you gave to Julie during her earthly sojourn. And we thank you for having called her to faith and for taking her home to heaven. Please comfort her loved ones with that hope of a blessed reunion in heaven, which of course is through faith in Jesus, who is the resurrection to eternal life. Lord God, please keep all of us in your loving care, and we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements. Wednesday is our sixth, our final Wednesday Lenten service, midweek Lenten service. Pastor Scott Mosier will be here for our worship service talking about uh, Jesus' final steps led to his father's house. Reminder, we have our soup supper at 5.30 p.m. Uh, I'll be joining you for the very beginning of that. The service is at 6.30 p.m. I'll be heading up to Hope in Portland for the service there later. That's really the announcements that I have for right now. Again, thank you for joining me for worship. The Lord bless and keep you always.